everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Online Roadmap Podcast, WVU Online's own podcast series. Today, I would like to welcome Michelle Payton. She is the coordinator of the First Generation Initiatives within the Office of Student Success. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. I always like if our guests do a little introduction of themselves and really just who you are, what you do at the university. So if you want to just start with that, and then we'll go along with some questions we had for you. Sounds good. So as you said, my name is Michelle Payden, and I work within the Office of Student Success, which is under the Center for Learning, Advising, and Student Success. And started at WVU as an academic advisor within the unit and then came on up into this first generation world and which is my background prior, which I love to work with first generation students because I was a first generation student myself and I look back and look at a lot of things that I wish I would have known back when I was an undergrad. But yeah, so we're just here. We want to connect student faculty, staff and other students that are under that first generation title. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about some of the events that we do. And we're looking to really build it up and focus on that community because it is a large community that students are not often aware about. Yes, for sure. It's actually funny you said that, Michelle. I am also a first-generation college student, so I am curious to hear about some of the things that you guys offer as well. I'm sure I missed out on a lot. (laughs) So, So this will be a super helpful episode, so thank you so much for joining us today. So I'm just going to go ahead and kick us off with some questions. So One thing that we'd like to know is why it's important for colleges and universities to have a first-generation program. Yeah, I mean, you would think that first generation that we would be having less and less um, students, but it's really not the case. And so, of course, there's always so many students that fall underneath that. And when you're a first generation student, your family doesn't really know what to ask and they don't know what they're missing and you don't know what you're missing. And so it's just really great to have programs in place to help those students. I would say that in higher education, we speak a foreign language. We have so many acronyms. And my favorite is when I worked in secondary education, IEP meant something completely different than when I came to higher education and IEP, because here it's an um, intensive English program. And so to help people learn English. And so it is really helping those students, guiding them and letting them be aware because you miss out on a lot of things, maybe not knowing who to go to or what questions to ask. So it's very much a hot topic and across the universities and across the states. And I believe that it is one that, you know, we need to put a lot of effort into and grow and support because students are going to be more successful by supplementing that, their experience and helping them build that community. I think that's a great point, Michelle. I know even when I was in school the first time, I felt like I didn't know what questions to maybe ask. So I just didn't ask any of them. (laughs) Yeah. And I wish I would have, right? Because I think even with financial aid or, or learning about grants and scholarships and things like that, I feel like if I would have asked the questions, maybe there would have been more opportunity, right? So Right. So. My favorite thing is they don't know what they don't know. And I always tell them there's no such thing as a silly question. 
because especially when you're in a group, a lot of times first generation students, they're not always the most talkative because of that being uncertain part. And then it's great. And because I have a first generation freshman seminar of undecided students within class. I actually have two sections this year. And this is actually one of the more talkative sessions or talkative groups because sometimes they just sit there, but as they get to know each other and they warm up, they realize they all kind of have the same question. So it's great to see um, them kind of build that community and get a little bit more comfortable in the college setting and speaking out in class as well. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. So as far as first-generation students go, do you know how many first-generation students attend WVU? So I I know that I just pulled the report like last week of the incoming freshmen. So we have over 4,000 undergraduate students for the Morgantown campus. And we typically bring in over 1,000 every year that are freshmen. Now, the thing is, we're missing students. And so I get students two ways. One is through the application. But if you look at the application and the common application, the question isn't exactly the best because you'll have students like my mother. She had her RN. She went to school. She became an RN, but she never got her four-year BSN. And so I was still first generation and she also went later in life. So, but with that, I would have answered the question and I would not have been marked as a first generation student. And then you, so the other one is the FAFSA, which not everybody completes and it has kind of a better question. And so I do have a a way that I can then pull students. I usually get about a hundred from the FAFSA that didn't report it on their application, but it's something that sometimes students realize and like, Hey, I am first generation. And so then I'll go in and kind of add that a tag to them so that they're on my list to hear from me. But yeah, so over 4,000 just in Morgantown, just the undergraduate students. And so, and that's the students that have already self-identified. So we know that there's more than that, but you're definitely not alone if you're first generation. Yeah. And that brings up a, a good question. Just, just sitting here thinking, can a student just reach out to the office and self-identify or does it have yeah. to go through the application or the FAFSA? If it misses, if they miss that, then they, if they let me know, then I just can add that tag. One of the systems that we used here at the university, I go in and I put that tag onto the student and that's what I pull to reach out and do events or, you know, just, Hey, this is what's happening. So yeah, if they realize they're not getting messages from me or they see that there's something first gen and they haven't heard anything about it, if they reach out to the office or email me directly, then I can go in and easily give them that tag. That's awesome. So it's never too late, guys. Uh, It's never too late. So that's good to hear. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the programs designed to help student success for first-generation students? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, like I've said before, building that community. And so when you have the not only you build your peer community because you learn a lot from them, but within our office, you know, we have success coaching, which is free for students. And that's where they can meet with a graduate student and help with like time management, test taking, note taking, just any of those 
you know, kind of skills that they may be struggling with. We also have some peer mentors. We also have faculty and staff mentors that want to help and mentor students that we're trying to get back up. We're going to run that again. It kind of fell by the wayside during COVID. So it's really the biggest thing is building that connection. We also do some fun academic and social events. So last year we did a nailed it challenge. And so I had a friend that bakes and she made cookies and put the, the icing and everything. And we had a little you know, kind of a sample that they were supposed to go by and they could come and just pick that up and go and decorate on their own time. We did like uh, end of the semester to de-stress and like paint by number activities students could come by and pick up. We used to have some really great game nights before COVID that we're hoping to get back into since events are allowed to happen. And so we're looking at trying maybe to do some virtual type of game nights event events as well. But it's all about building that community because if a student has that, you know, those connections and this becomes kind of their their real home while they're in school, you know, they're going to be more successful when they know that they have people they can just easily go and talk to. They're going to ask those questions. And so it's all about that community is the the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. Building a sense of community is huge, especially for our online student population. So that's actually where my next question is going. Do you have have any online students who are seeking, you know, any type of support from your office? And if so, what are some of the typical requests that you might get? So a lot of our supports are, you know, those success coaches that students can meet with and those are free. And, you know, we definitely train with them and talk with them about maybe some things to the, that first generation students might not be aware and the support that they need. Of course, our office also has the academic resource centers for tutoring. And so you can do, you can schedule one-on-one appointments for tutoring in certain subjects. And so all that can be found on our website as well. And of course, if they want to connect with a mentor, even if you're not in Morgantown and you want to connect to somebody within, like if it's a faculty staff or another student, we can definitely help and connect students that way. So sometimes students will be like, this is what I'm interested in. And so then I'll go through like my list of people and kind of connect them to somebody in the area of their interest. We also work with, I really encourage students, of course, not really online. I don't think they could do it, but with the undergraduate research to go and build those connections with the faculty and staff and kind of learn more. So if somebody's online, but maybe local, that could be a good opportunity. But yeah, if it's just looking to, I want to feel more comfortable. I want to kind of find a place. And that's really what we do in student success. We have our programs, but it's also like, hey, let's connect you with this office or this person to help you be successful. 
That's awesome. That's good to know. It's always good to, to network and build relationships within the programs and with faculty. I find sometimes that even gives, you know, more opportunity in the future when looking for employment and, and who knows really, right? 100%. Um, Networking is the most important thing. And that's what I always tell students. You never know who you're going to meet, where, and how that could, you know, benefit you in the future. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if some of our students, and, and I'm going to ask again for online, but if some of our students on our online programs would like to become a mentor or a tutor, how would they go about doing that? Like who would they reach out to or yeah. what would they do to get set up to, to become a mentor or a tutor? So for mentoring, honestly, it, you can always just email me. You can email our just Vanity Student Success account. Barbara is kind of in charge of the tutoring. We have Sarah that really helps with our mentors. And so, I mean, the thing we say, reach out to the person you know, and then we can connect you, but just our office in general, and you can look at our website. Sometimes we'll have our posting up there, but if students want to, you know, maybe help with tutoring or mentoring, we'd love that. And, you know, online students, what can we do uh, to benefit you? What are some things that you need? That's the biggest thing is we learn from students. I mean, things change so much from when I was an undergrad to even when I started working in higher education. And so it's having those relationships with the students to really understand, hey, this is kind of what we feel would benefit us most. And so if that's like they say, hey, Amber, you know, can we do something first generation specific and, you know, reach out to me or you? And we love to put that on. That's the biggest thing. We are always looking to connect with the students and what they need. Yeah, that's great advice too. Just for our students, let us know what you need, right? And we are here to help. So I love that. And this is just, you know, asking about additional information or events that are going on. Is there anything you guys are planning for right now or anything that our students should know about? Yeah. So we we do have some events coming up. The biggest thing is November 8th. It is the National First Generation College Celebration Day. That's put on with NASPA, which is the, the student affairs professionals and within the Studer Foundation. So this year is the oh third or fourth year. You know, 2020 didn't really count. So I really struggle when I think about the years lately. But so we're kind of in the beginning process of what we may do with that. We kind of do something different each year. There is, I'm in the works with doing some panels, setting up some panels with faculty and staff. I think it's great when they hear from other faculty and staff because the a lot of times, you know, students, maybe they never struggled at all when they were in, in high school and they get to college and it's a little bit different and it's harder and they struggle and you have a lot of self-doubt and you have a lot of like, do I really belong here? And I love for students to hear from, uh, you know, especially our faculty that are first generation that, you know, some of them struggled. Some of them didn't finish right in four years. They took a break. They came back and, you know, things aren't always perfect, but we learn from it and we grow. And that's the biggest thing that you know, don't get discouraged. If you are struggling, reach out to your faculty and staff. They are, we're here because 
we want to work with you. We want to see you be successful. And so, you know, going to them and seeing that, okay, college might not be a cakewalk and, but I'm going to persist and I'm going to keep going. Yeah, that's so true, Michelle, just speaking from personal experience again, but I came from a very small high school. I think my graduating class was like 62 students, so really tiny. And then you get dumped into a pool of like, you know, a lot more students and and everybody is a lot more competitive and, and sometimes you do feel alone. So it's nice to hear from other faculty and other students who are who are kind of feeling the same or in the same situation that you're not the only one and that there's like a support system of of people. So yeah. I I I think that's a great message to send out there to our students too. And really just connecting with your department if you're a first gen student is is an awesome opportunity. Yeah. So yeah. For sure. And there's people throughout, you know, within different colleges that I already know are great supporters of first generation. I know Eberly, their first generation faculty kind of on their website and some other units do that as well. So we're really trying to build that up. But there's so many, honestly, we should probably do another reach out to get some better ideas of who's here now that are first generation because it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, And the first generation is different. I didn't even discuss like our definition for um, each school. There's not really a national definition, but kind of what we go by, we go by the TRIO program. So upper bound student success. And what a lot of institutions say is that neither parent or guardian has a four year college degree. And we're adding from an institution within the U.S. Because if a Students' parents got a degree in a foreign country that is going to be a completely different experience than, you know, a student that would be here. So we're just looking at your parents or your guardians. We're not looking at siblings, aunts, uncles, you know, grandparents. It's really just those parents because it's how they can support you that can change your views on things. Right, right. And a lot of times I feel like parents who have already gone to school and experienced it, they might have strong ties to a college, they might go to sporting events still, and you might be immersed in it at a very young age, whereas people who haven't gone, right, might not have those same um, ties. So it is different. It is different for sure. So what other advice or words of wisdom do you have for our first generation students? The biggest thing is don't hesitate to reach out especially if you're uncertain about something, if you're struggling, your instructors are there for you. Utilize those office hours. They're there for a reason. Email them. I mean, even as an adult, like sometimes to be emailed, be like, I'm struggling. It's hard, but you have to let people know what's going on. And that's the biggest thing in my classes, you know, just be honest with me. Let's talk. Let's know what's going on. Let me meet you where you're at, but don't ever hesitate. And a lot of times with students, they don't even, they're like, I don't know how to say what I need to say or what I want to know. And so it's just like, Hey, word vomit it. Let's just we're going to get there. If it takes us a few minutes, it's fine. You know, I'm always happy to meet with students, whether in person, virtually, or over the phone to kind of talk some things out, but don't ever hesitate to reach out. And 
when you do, you're going to feel much better. You're going to see that other people are struggling as well. And, you know, sometimes as instructors, we don't always realize if things aren't super clear. Once again, we do the same thing over and over again. We say the same things over and over again. So we shorthand it. We use that foreign language. So don't hesitate to be like, you know what? I don't really understand that. Um, And that's the best advice. And to be involved, whether it's with a student organization in one way or another, because even if you're an online student, you need to have those connections to the university because this is a whole experience. And we want you to get more than just, oh, I'm here for classes and nothing else, because you can learn a lot and make a lot of connections within uh, your college experience. Yeah, it's great advice, Michelle. So I wanted to see, what was, is there a best way for students to get in contact with you? Is there an email or phone number? How, how should a student reach out to your office? Yeah, the best. So honestly, if you're trying to get in touch with a particular person, we are here during university hours, 8.15 to 4.45, Monday through Friday, and we have work studies, but we're still working hybrid. So We're not always on campus. And just like today, I'm on campus, but I also have two classes to go uh, to later today. So honestly, I think email is always the best way because then it comes directly. And then if you need to, we can set something else up. So my email is mlpaden, so M-L-P-A-D-E-N at mail.wvu.edu. Or you can just email studentsuccess at mail.wvu.edu. And that is answered by Angie. And then she forwards it on to us, whoever it may need to go to. But if you go to our website, you can see all of our services. If you're interested in the success coach, remember that's free. You can go on there and you can request that. If you're looking at tutoring, you can see what's available where and not just our office, but the whole university. And so you can see when that's available and how to access that. If you're interested in mentoring, we're still getting that going. So maybe just do a direct reach out to me. But everything that we do offer, it it is all there. We also have a RISE program. And that's for our black and brown students and students that are, you know, women in STEM, kind of those more underrepresented. And they do a lot of activities as well. We know that uh, there's a lot of overlap. So we do things together sometimes. And so we're just here all about giving you the resources and helping you make connections. But email, I would say, is the best method to get in touch with us. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for taking some time to talk with us today. I think you gave us a lot of great insight as to what our first generation office does, some of the events that are out there, ways to really connect and and make this the best experience um, for our students. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And like I said, students, you know, if we need to do some online specific let me know where you're at. Let's let's talk about it. How can we best benefit and help you? So good luck in your classes. Don't hesitate to reach out. And that's what we're all here for. It's awesome. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next time on the Online Roadmap Podcast. <laughs>